What's up, everybody? Welcome to Neighborly Discourse with Billy and Steve. I am what's Billy. What's up? What's up? That's close enough. No Steve today, but we have special guest Jeff is here. Jeff's in the house. Jeff is in the house. So we already started very quickly, but I'm going to answer a quick question. So the sign over here, when I started, we started doing this, I kept getting the bug to do like reaction videos, stuff with my kids, all these things. And I know the political, I don't say stain, the political, anti-political thing people have sometimes. Right. So I don't want to do my reaction videos on movies and TV to be, oh, neighbor the discourse, this political stuff, and people not even look at the channel. So I wanted an overall studio channel. So my, I'm the fourth of my name. I sound like a, like a Game of Thrones character. <laughs> so we have Studio IV as studio okay. for the fourth. And so Studio IV oh, presents okay. Neighborly Discourse, Billy Reacts, you know, uh, Billy and Breeze podcast with my daughter, all these things. And I haven't put it up yet because the reason of the Neighborly Discourse podcast is we're neighbors, we're guys, we're regular people who watch TV, who watch movies, who have kids, right. who happen to think a different way about life. So I've been hesitant to put it up because the original one was going to be... Um, Neighborly Discourse Productions, ND Studio, something along those lines, but I didn't want the stigma of politics around it. Right. But the original idea was regular people can talk politics who watch movies, who go to church, who do whatever. We're just people. Right. And so it's it caused me pause to put it up. I actually thought I like the name. That's really good. And it looks good. Amy's <laughs> a fantastic good. designer, which is why I pushed so hard to get it done quick before wow. I really thought it out. So I may do the kids their own thing under right. Studio IV with the kids. Well, it would be good to get kids' filtered opinions of some things that the adults have opinions on. That's a good move. You know, it would, it would be interesting to hear because by the time my grandson's eight and and now his he's starting to get a little jaded. You can see yeah. my, my daughter and my son-in-law and his teacher's opinions coming out of his mouth, but... Prior to that, it was hit what he thought. <laughs> you know, it's just, this is what I think. And I love that. You know, I was just, I told you I was listening to Matt Walsh on uh, Joe Rogan just now. And he they were talking about getting the kids at an early age. You say your son, right. or your grandkid, you know, set, six, seven, he's giving his own ideas. At eight, you're hearing his teacher through yeah, him. Yeah. So they were talking about the parental rights bill in Florida. And he's like, you know... Joe Rogan asked, like, how come they're going after kids? You're like, why is it? He goes, well, you tell a kid a fat guy flies through the air, they're not going to question you. They're going right. to say, oh, that's so cool. So he goes, here we are. We're arguing about a quote, don't say gay bill. And it's, no, they, we're trying to get them to not talk to kindergarten to third right. graders, and they're right. going nuts. And he's like, yeah, that's what he goes. He goes, they're talking to kindergarten to third graders, and they get all worked up. And why is that? He goes, because you tell them some guy flies through the sky and brings them presents, they believe it. They believe it. So like, I always ask my son, like, what do you guys do in school? Nothing, nothing. He's a very one-word answer. I'm like, well, anything I need to know about, your teacher say some stuff? Right, no. No, everything is okay. By, by then it's gone. Yeah, it's so too I'm late. like, all right. Because I've never had any worries about his school and, their, and stuff like that. But this is still relatively new. I did notice that sixth grade, he had mounds of homework now he's in the eighth grade in the last two years he's had none zero homework <laughs> it's so i'm like it's racist hmm. homework is racist i've heard that too 
Probably. Well, here, here, listen, a, an actual experience is that when our daughter was in um, first, second year of high school, yeah, right? Second year of high school, they were doing sex ed and they sent home this packet to tell the parents, here's, you're going to be, in, your kid's going to be in sex ed, sign this. Um, but on the, on the um, um, permission slip, I guess, was the option of um, check this box and we'll send home the materials. So mm-hmm. my wife checked the box and sent move. home the materials. Yeah. They, the next day, she brought my daughter brought it home, and Susan and I read through them, and we went, "This isn't bad. If they just teach this, yeah, I'm okay." But she had an activist teacher, oh. and we already knew that in this in this class, right? And so we're saying, you know what? The other option is my kid's going to be exempt from it. Yeah, and then Susan. Um, met her in the library because teacher met, met my daughter okay so whenever that class was susan went to the school and waited in the library yeah. and then my daughter came to the library and she taught her the book that they were teaching in the classroom right and to your point it would have been fine it would have been know, fine you know except for this te- active teacher do you oh. know that you ready for this yeah maybe uh, now just say that when Su- when sarah checked off that she was going to be exempt from it yeah in front of the class, the teacher made a, you know, announced it, and I've never seen this before, and no one's ever said no before, and what's wrong with your parents, and all of this stuff. That's a problem. That's a problem. And then, two days later, we get a phone call from the school wanting to know if there was something going on in our home, and did they need to send people to, you know, do we need help, and what's wow. happening, and and I was I was gonna go Billy on him. <laughs> I was gonna say, how did you handle oh, it? Man. I, might, I might not have been able to. Uh, I was heading to the school, and Susan pulled the car behind me and said, "No, no, I'll take care of this." And so uh, my wife is is um, very much a godly woman, and so she prayed first, and she heard, got wisdom. <laughs> And she said, okay, I'm going to talk to the school. And so she went to the school and, and you know, sat down with that administrator yeah. that called and said, why would you say that? Can you, can you pick my daughter out of a picture of the school, of the students of the school? Do you even know who she is? Yeah. And the answer was no, but her teacher. And she went, and she went the teacher in the health class and explained yeah. what had been going on. And then two days later, that teacher went out on maternity leave. A new teacher came in saw that Sarah was in and made no big deal out of it, just said, okay, wow. Sarah, you're going to go to the library now. See, and, I, was, I was wondering if you Oh, my God, I was going to burn the school down. If the religious, like, if, they, if you go and say, no, we we're, taking, we're taking her out of this class because our religious background, we don't believe it should be taught, they wouldn't look at you as a conservative parent. They would look at you as a crazy religious person. Right. Like, no matter what, according to that teacher, And we didn't even say that. Well, that's my point. So had you said, no, our religious, our religious background says, no, we're not going to teach this, they wouldn't say, oh, conservative parent, religious parent. They would say you were some crazy religious person. Yeah. You were in a lose-lose no matter what. No matter what. And I could not believe they reacted that way. The school reacted. I could not believe it. And, and I just shook my head from then on out. But I've, I've long understood that... Um, um, democratic um, principles and policies and thoughts and philosophies are taught in in our schools. In fact, Steve once um, during the, uh, the pandemic at the beginning, when even in Florida we closed. Um, Steve said, "Man, these schools are going to be closed for a long time." And blah blah. blah. I go, "No, they're not." 
they're not going to be closed for a long time. They're going to open these schools back up just as soon as they can because this is where you indoctrinate kids. Oh, man, and if you if you don't that. keep them open now, where I was wrong was that the um, school board and the schools and the you know the people that want to push these philosophies um, made a mistake, and and so I made a mistake in judging it. Instead of opening the schools up as soon as they possibly could, like we did in Florida, yeah. um, they thought they could keep pushing those agendas through the uh, online, yeah. right? But Outside of the view of the screen were parents and grandparents. Yeah. In fact, Noah, my, my grandson, came to my school, came to my house every day. Yeah. And we set up, a, you know, a desk and a study area for him. And, and he did school with us. And one morning, I shoot the iguanas that are in my yard. And one morning, I'm, I got the, this big iguana in the yard. I got my pelican. I, and I walked behind Noah yeah. with a rifle under my arm. <laughs> and the teacher stopped the class and said, Noah, did your grandfather just walk by with a gun? And Noah turned around and went, yep, he's going to shoot iguanas. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, here we go. They're going to knock oh, on my course. door and come. tell me. They're coming to say, hey. So we put a backdrop up after that so that you couldn't see behind Behind it, but watching the wellness, the wellness time at the school. You yeah. know they do a wellness thing now. No, you pledge allegiance and then you pledge to be a good student. And there's a, and then you have this wellness time, where they ring bells and sing kumbaya and hum. And I'm like, oh my god, here. No, we see, go. I, I mean, so I was, I was listening to, to Joe Rogan the other day, and they were. T I brought up to Steve. We played the clip of. Who should teach what in schools? Should you open up, you know, is it the educator's job to open the mind of a child? If a parent doesn't want them to be taught this, you know, you're shortchanging your kid. And who makes that decision? Right. I remember well, hearing we, that. We think it's yeah. us, the parents. So further on in that clip, he talks about the, the guy who's telling the story, Bert. He said, you know, there's a school in L.A. They shout. They put all the white kids on the floor. Oh, I heard the, that. Yeah, because they, they yell at all the kids and everything. He goes, so they tell how that works. Like, well, maybe it's good. Maybe some kids will open up and realize some kids, they just won't deal with it. And the fact that you're even entertaining that, like, I can understand the educator should have the right to expand your mind, but who gives that right? Okay, I can see that. But yelling at kids based on their skin color, I don't see any justification whatsoever. So from there, he tells that his kid is, I think, is in was in fifth grade or five years old, one of those two. They have to sign a, a pledge to not be racist. And he's in like kindergarten, so he goes. My kid wants in one, any direction. Yeah, just don't be racist. Right. So well, that's he, not what they mean. No, it's not what they mean. He's the white kid. That <laughs> that's means you right. Can, yeah, we so can all like, be racist against you. My kid is five years old. He doesn't know racist. She doesn't know racism. Right. It's it's you have a to kid teach they're it looking at. That's it. Yeah, it has to be taught to them. So by you doing this, you're teaching, you're teaching them racism. Yeah. And people don't realize that. So when they're in their kumbaya and say the pledge, okay, then it's be a good person. Okay, I see where you're like the NFL. Um, one of the play the players have this choose love thing on the back of their right. helmet, and I had made a comment when I first saw it. Name is like, what's wrong with you? Like, what do you mean, what's wrong with me? Why? Why could you possibly find something wrong with that? I go, listen. You see, end racism, Black Lives Matter, uh, inspire change, choose love. It all means the same thing. They're trying to find the one that doesn't piss everybody off. Right. They all piss that me off. That still moves the yeah. moves the agenda forward. I don't want forward. these people trying to teach me about how to how to choose love. 
No, it's BS. That's what it's there for. It's not there to choose love. We're all together for the common person. They're going to buy into that crap. To us who see that these are the elitists telling us all this is the same, choose love and racism, all these things. No, you leave, play football. I'm here to watch you get away from that. You know what I mean? I am. And Steve, I think, has mentioned it a couple times, but I read this book long ago called Original Intent. And um, it's a textbook, and and it basically is saying this this was the founding of the United States through the writings of um, people at the time. You know, the the politicians and and um, school leaders and and things of that nature. But but way back at the beginning of the United States, when they started having the first public schools, the mm-hmm. first public schools were. Um, in New England, and they were for the purpose. And I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this a little bit, but essentially it was for the purpose of teaching the people how to read their Bibles so that they could evaluate the morals and ethics of their political leaders. So, and that was the that purpose good. of public schools. And if you look at things like Harvard, Harvard's charter is to make pastors, is to make. Uh, <laughs> Well, Not anymore. By the way. By the no, and time. if you read the original charters of these Ivy League schools that were um, that are older schools, I was so, say they're all hundred plus years old, right? So they're and definitely so, there for like their their, it's in, all their beginnings theology. For a reason. Yeah. yeah, it's all Christian theology, and we've gotten to a place in the United States now where it's kind of fascinating that we're no longer a um, country ruled by the majority with with um, um, understanding and in, de- in deference to the minority it may, there's minority rights and majority rule we're yeah. we're becoming minority rule and i look at that and i go well but didn't they try that in africa wasn't that yeah. apartheid wasn't that minority rule <laughs> and how point. that turned out you know i so, saw i was i watched the show the orville seth MacFarlane, who does family guy and the show is very social but it's it sneaks in because it's cultures of other planets right. so i can digest that i can i can make sense of that but one thing you said there's one there's one race of of ai and he's like, and he's talking to one of the, the planetary union leaders, and he's like, "Listen, you know, your form of what you call democracy is a horrible form of government." And he's like, "Well, it's it's to prevent the dominant species from ruling. It gives us the best chance where everyone is equal." And there's also an episode where I played for Steve called Majority Rule. Everybody wears um, an arrow up and arrow down on their shirt, and if you don't like someone, you press their arrow down, and if you get a certain amount of down arrows. The, the you are blacklisted from everything and everywhere you can go. Oof. So those two episodes show like democracy works. You can't have pure democracy. You can't nope. have the popular opinion win. You got to find a balance. Yep. And America tries that. That's why when we're talking about the election, democracy's on on um, on the ballot. A lot of Twitter people I saw they kept pointing out we're a constitutional republic. Yes, we're free to do whatever, but you can't just can't do anything. You can't run wild all the we time. We have laws. Exactly. So the minorities do have a voice in America, but to have it be a minority rule is a problem because it's only a small sector right. of the people. You can't rule a nation of 350 million based on 10 million, right. which is what they're trying to do. So they're clumping all together trans and, and black lie, all these things. Just treat it should be the majority should be American. That, that's really what it should be. Well, we all uh, are going to benefit from it, right? And we are all American, and uh, and and uh, we have our history has not been great towards minorities, and and but the beauty of the United States is that we evolved out of it, 
And um, some people yeah. are trying to um, not allow us to. It's like this. Uh, what do they call the uh, temporary um, immigration status or temporary? I forget what it's called. But when when the federal government defines something as temporary, they mean forever, yeah. right? Nothing that's temporary ever ends in the in the federal government, which is why you got to come against these policies and things that they say, well, this is just a temporary fix. Well, yeah. you, tell me when it's going to end. Give me a yeah, date, once, not a- Once, like I've worked at a place where once it's in writing, you can never be taken away, but right. you can always be cited again. So let me out of sight. So you got to get rid of it. Yeah, out of sight of mine for decades until they need it. Well, we did write this down at one point. Yeah, it, again, they'll, they'll never say it's temporary because they'll bring it up 50 years later. No right. one's, no one knows what temporary then who's around now. So they're going to use it against you. So my point is that we're not, we're not being allowed to have an end to this evolution, uh, that of these horrible things that we did as a, as a majority in the past. All right. Mm -hmm. So we learned, we evolved and, uh, and, um, our government evolved and the people evolved, the people of the United States evolved. You live and learn like truly. We live do. And, learn. and, and we did live and learn. And, and there was a minority of us that wasn't learning fast enough. And so we went to war against that minority and, uh, and defeated them and then brought them back into the fold and said, okay. Um, and then we moved forward and then the sixties and, and the fifties and sixties were, where um, now I guess we just call it Jim Crow, but where there was more discrimination and it was yeah. it was less subtle than what was before, but it's more subtle than it is today. And so, and that's not to say that discrimination has ended. I think where where we've evolved to is now we have to define discrimination as against anybody. And so instead of saying that we need um, um, equity. We, we truly need to just look at stuff and says, is it truly equal? Is everybody being judged by the same standard in order to yeah. get whatever's coming or in order to be in whatever club or in order to get into whatever school? Or is, is everybody if, being by, judged by the same if standard? If everything is equal, then you can't manipulate others. You can't, you can't like in my opinion, well, I, I did an I did a, a episode 96 was I believe the, uh, the liberals have decided women are the most unintelligent of the human population. And <laughs> and I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> and so the three things I cited were abortion, a career over family, killing a kid because you it's your empowerment. And um, the third one was, um, I believe it's the, the trans. Like you're, you're getting men to become women and rooting for them. <laughs> right. And so now the fourth thing that's popped in my head is it's further. It's on with the with the not necessarily the trans, but it's the what is a woman. You're not asking a man what's a man. They're looking like, I'm a man. Get the hell out of here. But a woman will, I don't know what a woman is. Even though right. they're a woman, even though they've lived their whole life as a woman, they've convinced them to question what a woman is. So my, so it's a fourth thing that I've added to my list of the liberals think women are the, are the most unintelligent there are. So if, you, if you're equal across the board, you can't manipulate you know, the, the misinformed, I guess you can say. Right. And it's a problem because it's, to your, so it's, it's history. We evolve, we come up. If you don't have, and I believe this, racism and division, the liberals, the Democrats have nothing to talk about. That seems to be true. It, let's say, you know, Civil, Civil War 100 years ago, Jim Crow nearly 100 years ago, 70 years ago, back in the 50s and 60s and 70s and all that stuff. Those people, for the most part, are almost gone. Yep. So that thought process should have died out with them, except for small pockets where it's just, it's in their, right. their family history or whatever There's it is. always going to be nuts. Always. Yeah. So that, from the 60s to now, should almost be gone. 
So if you so if it dies off and there's no racism, the only small pockets, how are you supposed to foster hate? So you bring it up in music and TV and and the it's news. It's gonna come all, from somewhere. And they and if in my opinion, you have to see the news manufactures it because they have they can't sow division if there's nothing there. So now they start, they start making up gender stuff, um, indoctrination of little kids. I Man, I blanked on something. Something you just said, I just was in my head and. It's gone now. But they're sowing the division for a reason. In my opinion, you should be able to see it. They yeah. don't want uh, equity. They don't or, uh, equality. They don't want it. They, don't they want need equality. equity they because equity. they need people to fight about it. They need something to. I mean, yeah, I I had a conversation with Amy a while back about equity. She's like, yeah, if, you know, I showed her the picture of the three people, a guy looking over the fence, a little kid on a box looking over the fence, and a you know a tiny kid on two boxes looking over the fence. She's like, well, good, everybody can see over the fence. I go, yeah, it makes sense for this image, but that's not what it's about. You know, what do you mean what it's about? And then I gave her an analogy, then I can't think of what it was now, but just the other day in New York, the guy gets arrested, comes out on bail, kills his wife for calling the cops on him. Right. He's not in jail, processed properly with bail because of equity. We can't, we have too many black people right. in there for the laws. We got to let them out. So I go, that's equity. She's like, what do you mean equity? Do you remember when I showed you the, the, the people on the, on the fence? That's equity. We have to balance it out. There's too many black people in prison, so we have to let them out sooner. So that's stupid. I go, but that's equity, though. That is, the picture is everybody can see over the Everybody's fence. The same. We're, all, we're all happy. That's no, not the, the results case. are the same. It's not that everybody's the same. That's why I say Equ- equality. Equality. Everybody has the to same. be true. Listen, the fact of the matter is you that- You have to struggle to, to personal growth. You have to have something difficult- Make mistakes, learn from your mistakes, whatever it is, evolve from history to now. If you're given equity the entire you'll never know a hardship, you'll never know to grow. You're gonna think you're gonna be a um what do they call the millennials? Like the entitled. entitled you're gonna yeah. be entitled your entire life because you've always ne- you never had to wait in line because you were short to ride the ride. Right. No, listen, so, step on that box, you're good, and go ride the ride. No, it doesn't work that way. I'm you've a, gotta go through it. I'm a six four white guy. I was six three in high school, which was which was really tall for mm. for most high school. I went to high school right outside of Washington D.C. Got sucked up in the busing stuff when I was a little kid and all that. Um, um, but in the suburbs of Washington D.C., there was some really good high school uh, basketball teams, right? Mm-hmm. And I I like to play basketball, but I was never going to be good enough. Because I wasn't willing to put forth the effort, the the reward wasn't big enough for me. I didn't see it um, to to do what the kids that in high school that were my height um, or 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 shorter even sometimes, yeah. but were much better players. Right? They're much better players. So should I have been able to walk up to this school where? Um, in the in the suburbs of DC, I'm pretty much a minority. Should I have been able to walk up and, and on the basketball court, yeah. I was definitely a minority. Should I have been able to walk up to the principal of the school and say, "You have to put me on this team, and I have to play"? Yeah, because I'm a minority. That the only qualification I have is I'm a minority, but I'm also six three, and which is which is the yeah. height, and I know how to shoot. I'm just not a. I'm not nearly as good as the kids on this team. And you know, saying that people who can hear us or know people who think that way will say, no, that you're not the minority. Even though in a group of 10 people, seven black, three white, yes, you are the minority. No, 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 that, that's not what we're talking about. So they're going to they're right. gonna live action, real def- redefine the word to fit their narrative. When in fact, listen, I'm my skin color to so these 10, the team of 10, 
I'm the minority, so I should get that treatment. That's equity. They would tell you no, even though it's exactly what it is. And I would say that it is cultural. The people that were doing the best, the best players on that team, when they got home and when they were in their neighborhoods and when they were, this was pushed. This was, this was rewarded. When I got home, um, my parents were rewarding. Are you going to make it to college? Yeah. You, you need to get to college. You got to be in college. When are you going to be in college? Yeah. My dad told me from the day I was old enough to understand that you get to live at my house until the day you graduate from high school and then we'll renegotiate. But really you got that summer and then you're out. Yeah. Right. And so I'm growing up going, man, I, I only have until I graduate from high school to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. So I graduated on Thursday and I was in boot camp on Monday because I didn't want to go to college and I wasn't a very good student gotcha. and I knew I had to get out. And so the, you know, Monday morning <laughs> I was on a bus on the way to boot camp. And no, uh, I, I was told as long as you're in school, you can stay home. So I graduated, went to college, stayed in college, and then realized I don't want to go anywhere yet. So I took one class a semester for like five years, six See, years. See, now my son tried that. My oldest son tried that. Yeah. And because and, he wasn't a very good student either, like his dad. And then he ended up in the Marines. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so no, I, I stayed. He finally went, nope, I'm going to the Marines. I did. It was, it was one class at a semester, then a job, and then it was... Uh, Amy got pregnant. We got an apartment, and that was it. Yeah, that was see. the catalyst. But I, I listen. I followed the rules. As long as you go to school, there was no stipulation. X s- amount, this amount. I did what needed yeah. to be done. My parents would have allowed me when we got to that time. You know, I was the oldest of the three, so my two brothers are kind of watching to see yeah. what happens. And that's uh, what Steve always talks about, Micah. How he's different. He's got two people ahead yeah, of him to watching. watch how you operate with them, and he's picking and choosing yep. how to navigate yep. that, what to say, what to do, what yeah. not to say, what not to do, and that's. So I, my brothers watched, and they both learned from the experience and went right to college. Yeah. So, but they lived there. My one went to the Air Force Academy, and the one other one went to the University of Massachusetts and lived on campus. And so we all got out right when Dad said that we had to get out. Yeah, I was told as long as you go to school. My sister was out as yep. soon as she could. I was like, listen, I don't want to go anywhere. But also, my parents' house, it says a regular house, enclosed garage was my room. Right. It had its own bathroom. It had its own front door. I never went inside the house unless I unless I had to. to so like, why, Yeah, like, why am <laughs> I leaving? What, what right. am I doing? This is so, perfect. Yeah, I rode it as long as I could. Well, my wife's theory on, on child rearing at that age is to be like an eagle. She watched a documentary and mm-hmm. what happens to the eagles when they stay eaglets when they start growing is mom starts taking the down out of the nest so that the nest get because mom and dad don't lay down in the nest only the oh, little yeah, ones no. do so they start making it uncomfortable for oh, them and then finally they go more. she had yeah. more down <laughs> well and i see a lot of parents like that that added more you know yeah, well, and she it's, i mean it was a battle of wills like i and it's 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 a detriment to me now like do your dishes or, or get like clean your room up. Mm, I'll get it later. I'll get it later. Right, I knew point. she would eventually do it. I just had to wait her out. Yeah. So now, <laughs> now as an adult, I was like, oh, let's get, I'm thinking to myself, damn, I wish I would. Like, I tell him, get out there, you know, help me in the yard, put the dishes away, do stuff now because when you're by yourself, yeah. you're going to look at your at your your sink one day and be like, damn, where all the dishes come from? <laughs> right. You know, realize for <laughs> where five those roaches days, come yeah, from? Yeah, oh, Why are all those roaches here? It wasn't gross. <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing. It was cluttered all and messy. F- but yeah, no, it's a food I teach him. It goes away. But right. I'm lazy with the clothes. There's clothes here, clothes there. But, but the point, but, getting back to the point, yeah, of of equity as opposed to equality, is that I think that I think that that is the razor's edge right now. 
is that there is this this battle over equity versus equality, mm-hmm. and equality should win. And um, um, and then when that happens, we need to get down to because people don't realize when we talk about equality. It's you're, you have equal opportunity to succeed. Yes. You don't have equal way to succeed. Like I don't I don't have it from someone who is who is, you know, lives in, in a uh, you know upper echelon community. Same as someone who lives in a trailer park is in, is in my status. Life is not fair, but it's no, in we America. Don't start. Yeah. In America, you have the equal opportunity to right. make it. But that's on your is your to your point with the basketball. I didn't have the draw. I was tall, but I, I wasn't going home practicing six hours a night after practice at the game. I wasn't on the weekends doing this. I didn't have the drive to do it. Culturally, I was geared towards college. These kids could have been geared towards sports and, and their lifestyle, but I didn't get the the ability to make the team was there. Right. But, but did I have the drive? Everybody now, got a yeah, chance. They was, didn't stop me from coming on that court as a white kid during drive, tryouts, yeah. but, but it was very clear at the end of the first day of tryouts I wasn't going to make it. <laughs> I wasn't going to make it. Is. The opportunity is there. Equal yep. across the board to succeed in America. Your drive, however, is not. That's on you. So, And, they, right. and they're trying to tell you, you know, America's oppressive. No, it's not. Where? I mean, look at YouTube. For all the stuff it does around the world, I mean, one, one group I, I, my kid watches, Liam, uh, Dude Perfect. Number one sports thing on YouTube, over 50 million subscribers. They, um, they started from trick shots. And I sent Steve the clip the other day. They did, they do, they did like a rocket challenge like a year ago. They built a small little rocket. And again, from guys in college doing trick shots from basketball, 10, 11 years later, they're doing these rocket challenges. The third rocket challenge was sponsored by, I can't think of the company. The winner of that challenge gets a trip on the the blue, whatever it is, Jeff right. Bezos thing. Right. So, so in, wow. Amer- in America, where you were just doing that's a cool incentive basketball shots ten years ago, you're doing bouncing them off the roof, off, like the old the old McDonald's commercials, right? Over the thing, through the hoop, nothing but net. They did this for ten plus years and evolved oh, and evolved. Man. Now they went to space. Okay, this is America. This is what you can do here. Right. Yes, YouTube is globally and Twitter is globally, all these things. But the, there are people which, whether how you want to look at it, good or bad are making millions based on looks, based on obscure talents, based on whatever. Where in America, yes, brains is important. But if you if you are not made with brains, but you have a gift to speak or to act or to write, you can still reach the stars. The rest of the world's not like that. They will they will stop you at a certain point. So to say America's oppressive, again, look at any YouTube person who makes money. They're they are just a regular person saying we're trying to do the podcast. The opportunity is there. Is the drive there? Can we do more? Can we push? Can we outlast other people? You have to persevere. Yep. You can do that in America. You cannot do it in almost any other country. That's true. And uh, and the um, an interesting thing for me, which doesn't come up nearly enough, and I and I understand why, is that in the United States, and some nobody has proven me wrong yet, and a number have tried. <laughs> including Steve, is in the United States, as far as I know, we are the only country um, in the world that elect that has elected a minority to be the political leader over the majority. So we elected a in, in President Obama. We elected a a um, multi-raced who identified as black man. 
um, to be. So it's a long sentence. To I know. Unfortunately, I just saw, we have I just to say that. Black dude who got nominated to be become, to become president. Yeah. Well, it's but well, it I think. Be. Listen, I think it's worse than that. I think that from his standpoint, for him growing up, I think it's worse to be multi-race back in the '60s and '70s okay. when he grew up because the black kid said you were white and the white kid said you were black and nobody liked you. Gotcha. And then you look at the the uh, marriage marriages in the '60s and '70s and divorce wasn't a huge thing yet and his parents were separated yeah. and he was being raised by his grandmother and he was and this guy this guy who who came from from um almost almost every negative thing you could pile on a little kid yeah became the president of the united states and before he became the president he became a lawyer which means he was motivated by school. Yeah. And how did his parents, uh, his grandmother and whoever, motivate him for school? And and he became a senator, and he became a community le activist leader, yeah. whatever that means. He he took advantage of the United States. He took advantage of those things that we keep Which is why he hates America is unbelievable, why he's that way. I don't think he hates America. I uh, think he's what, a liberal. I think Well, this is one of the things I wanted to talk about, because I've I listened to, after the election, I listened to many... Um, podcasters and others who were, um, you know, predicting this red wave and all of that, and and it obviously logically it made sense. Obviously, it didn't come. Well, I didn't think it was gonna it was gonna happen, <laughs> um, but and I'm kind of glad it didn't. And we'll mm -hmm. get we'll we can get to that. But uh, but um, what was my point? Oh, I was listening to all of them, and and I wanted to point out to Steve in particular who on one of the broadcasts it was these people hate you these people hate you and you'd go to the next thing and these people hate you and they go to the next and these people hate you his arguments all stemmed from the same arguments that Rogan's doing and and all these other guys as is I mean all of them because they all said there was a red wave and and um, the arguments begin the same but then Steve just keeps going to they hate you and they don't hate you I, I I'm I my opinion is always that when somebody makes a statement like we were Steve and I were laughing about this he sent me a, a, a clip of um, of uh, Joe Scarborough and his in uh, Morning Joe, yeah, and and uh, one of the things that the the good Reverend Sharpton said on the show was that Oklahoma had a higher crime rate rate than New York, and I went, I'm going to call BS on that, and so, but I go, this ought to be a really easy thing for me to look up. But what I was trying to look up, and this is how I think about statements that people make, mm -hmm. is how is his statement true right i i believe that he spun it and used it to manipulate no question about it that he had an agenda for state for stating that and but i but i don't believe he was flat out lying right okay. so, so misinformation so i just go to in my brain i go okay so i don't think he's flat out lying so in this particular case i ought to be able to find how Oklahoma has a higher crime rate and how his statement can be true. And I haven't found it yet. I think it has to do with, you know, stolen pumpkins or something because, because I what, have not what, found the, what identifies as a crime. What is, right. what is it? What, what went into that? Or what did you yeah. sift out of that? Or so petty crimes are because higher. It's and, predominantly liberal. They're not going to fact check him. He can say what he wants well, and run with it. But It'll that's what he knows is true. Just enough. To where yeah. you'll look into it, but most people, oh, he's full of it. It's like it's so, in my opinion, Oklahoma, New York, it's so obvious it's wrong. There's no bother even looking it up. So to your point, there may be some 
spun truth in there, right. but it's so asinine right. because of the two areas that you don't even bother with. So it. what happens is that we get divided into two groups, essentially, and that is that, well, you understood his point. You yeah. know, he was just making a point. It wasn't meant to be a factoid. It, it was just, he was making a point. And come on, stop being so literal. He, he understand his point. And then there's the other ones that go, no, words matter. And he, mis- he made this statement. And so now there are people out there walking around thinking it's more dangerous in Oklahoma than it is in New York, anywhere in New York. And uh, and um, how is that true? And and so my point is I first go to, okay, I don't think he's lying. I think there's a way to look at crime statistics mm-hmm. that makes Oklahoma more have more crime. And that's why I think words matter. And I listen to the words. And this is something that's always gotten me in trouble with my friends especially because I care about what they think, but then other people who I don't care about is that when you're forming an opinion, and even though your point is something totally different, when you're building your point, your argument, right? So you're building your argument and you make a statement in your argument, like Oklahoma has a higher crime rate than New York, right? And now you're building your argument. Instead of me going to the end of that and just debating you on your final point, I go to your construction of your argument, right? And I say, wait a minute, in the construction of your argument, you said this, and and that's really easy to find out that that's that that's not accurate the way you portrayed it. And and then let's go to this. And then I get accused of being just controversial and you just want to be contrary to everybody. And I'm like, no, No, I just don't you're not giving me enough time to get to your point. But I have to so I, I see what you're saying. And I look at it as my thoughts on abortion. And I think it's your thoughts on uh, the January 6th. You're, you, we can look at it and say, no, it was not an insurrection. Right. But I don't like the use of that word, although the definition the, of it works. So, so you, it can both can be true. Yeah. Like, listen, yes, based on the definition, it was an insurrection. Now, was it an insurrection? No, yeah. of course not. So I look at abortion, like, is, you know, health for health reasons, for this, for that. I fully understand your thought, but do know the basis of your, the foundation of abortion is killing a kid. You do right. know that, right? Well, but no, no, no. Just I'm with you because I'm a, I'm a pro-choice person, but I also understand the foundation is the death of a child. And you have to accept that. When you start arguing back and forth, no, it's not. Well, hold on. It is. Yeah, that's just to make you feel better. Yeah, so insurrection. No, we know we know definition yet was, but it wasn't. Yeah, here, this isn't healthcare. You are killing a kid, but I understand your. If you can under accept that, then you can build your argument. And I, I, I understand when you and Steve talk about. Um, well, actually, you gave me the answer. Steve, I think is probably still talking about it. <laughs> but uh, um, you said conception. God brings life. Right. Okay. That, so, to someone who's religious, that makes sense to me. So, for you, to, so for man to have the abortion, but God brings life, that makes sense. So now I don't have to agree with you, but now I know where you're coming from. That, oh, I'm okay with that. But some of the people, the liberals, in my opinion, there's some conservatives too that I saw on the Twitter machine the other day. Someone's trying to make a point. It was about the border. I was talking to some guy. I said, listen, you know, for me, one and above all, no matter what, the rules of America, the laws of America apply to Americans, not to those running over. I'm like, I have no problem with people coming to America, but come the right way. And the guy's response was, he goes, listen, you got to understand, people 
who are desperate, don't have time for the rules. So I asked him, so, you know, he was in Arizona. I said, are you, you mentioned, I think, before you were Mexican. He goes, yeah, I'm Mexican. I go, born in America with Mexican heritage, or Mexico came here and got a uh, citizenship. He goes, I was born in Mexico, became a citizen. Okay. I go, so when you say that, you're right there. I assume you have family in, in Mexico. I assume all these things. So you're saying they're running over here for desperation because their country is so bad. I understand that. It's not going to change my thought. America, the rules are here. Come through the border correctly. And I understand why you say, no, no, get over here because you did it. But you follow the rules. But your family's trying to come over. I understand. And then some guy get on there. No, you Mexican people, you're just coming up to drugs and all this. I'm like, all that can be true. But understand at least where this guy's coming from. Right. It's desperation. They've got to to escape this horrible place. I understand what you're saying. I, I fully get it. I... So now when I hear someone saying who has that connection, come over, come over, I understand where you're coming from. It's family first, so to speak, to come to America for a better life. Someone like me, it's no, no, the rules are here, follow it. I'm not going to change my mind, but now I understand where you're coming from. But some people don't want to hear that. They just want to fight. Like you said before, they just want to pick a side, argue, and right. not pay attention. And there are foundations for everything then you can come to the nuance of the conversation and go from there. And that's how I look at it anyway. Well, and I think from the immigration standpoint is that, you know, to have a secure country, you have to have borders. And if you have borders, um, you have to secure those borders. Yeah. Now, we are the United States and people want to get into the United States. And so, and I understand they want to get here predominantly for economic reasons, predominantly yeah. because what's happening in their country is not a great life. And I admire them for taking, having the um, bravery to pack up and walk 3,000 miles to get to our border, yeah. right? And having crossed other borders that were very porous and easy to get in and out of, but you didn't want to be there either, mm-hmm. right? So um, you get to our border. Now you need to you need to understand that we have to control this border. So now if we have control of our border and the people on the other side of the border are telling us it's too hard to get in, then that's what we should be looking at. Mm-hmm. We should be looking at why are so many people cutting the fence or rocking a river or risking their lives to cross the border as opposed to going through the entryways that we we make for them and they can't be wide open just you get to walk through Same, they went night and day right they, they but, went from but they don't need to be to just hey let's go right they don't but they don't need to be so terrible that you don't see any other way in but to jump the fence or, yeah. or whatever so that's what we need to look at but we but we in my opinion we definitely have to control um the borders and it's interesting that we have to we have uh four borders and it seems like we spend all our time arguing about the southern one. And the reason for that is the um, depression and the, the um, economies and the forms of government south of us. We have one country north of us that, though I don't agree with their government, yeah. um, people aren't rushing to get out of Canada, right? And and because economically, they're doing okay. They're doing at least as well as we are, okay. right? Um, but in but south of us, they have governments that are oppressive and they have um, um, horrible economies, right? And so they're, they're going, listen, I can't raise kids in this. I need to get to the United States. Okay, I'm going to walk through these other borders that I don't see them as being any more welcoming. 
listen, the truth of the United States is a, you know, the the Camelot on the Hill. Um, The truth of that is these people that are walking through other countries to get here. Yeah. So stop in one of the other countries. Well, it's worse there. Oh, okay. So the proof is um, what people are willing to do to get into the United States. Now, that doesn't mean we're the only country that has people trying to get in their borders. Most of the West um, they have, we have immigration issues. Mm-hmm. Um, they have immigration issues. I just don't pay attention to what, how, you know, how hard is it to get into Germany? I don't know. How hard is it to get into France? I have no idea, but I'm sure that they have their own policies and border protections and all of that. And, and for, for the good and bad, I imagine over there, if they decide to say no, they're kicking everybody out. Their people have no right to Keep say anything. walking. Yep. In, in America, for, for the fun of the freedom, for, you know, you have the right to speak up. Sometimes it isn't for the best. They're going to say, no, government, you can't tell these people to leave. And then they'll keep coming over while they hash it out where a place like Germany, France, or well, not France. France is overrun by Muslims now. That place is pretty much gone. But Germany, they'll say, you know, screw you. Get the hell out of here. America, the people won't allow it to happen, which, again, people have power here, but they use it for the wrong thing. I mean, look at New Zealand. You have to apply for citizenship before you even come over. You got to pay money to get into New Zealand. They'll tell you, no, get the hell out of here. Well, it's a hard place to get into. I mean, you can't walk there. True. So, so, and one of the one of the brilliant things that uh, came out of President Trump during his time in the office was his response to the border. You remember, he made that great statement that I'll build the wall and I'll get Mexico to pay for it. Which, okay, that was you being you. Um, but, but what he did was he changed the narrative and said and incentivized Mexico not to let them cross your southern border. He said to Mexico, or whatever our policy was then, he said, if you, you got to stop them at your border and here's your reward for doing it. Okay. And what happened? They put up a fence and they stopped yeah. them at their border. And they said to the, to the people on the Mexican border that are trying to get through, listen, when you get to the, to the border of the United States, it's going to be exactly the same, except you'll have walked another 500, 600 miles or whatever it is. And, and you'll be stuck in a country that doesn't want you and is more brutal than we are. So we're doing you we're, – we're going to help you out here. Yeah. We're going to stop you before you get into that country. So why did change? Is it because 100% we changed our of- office? We changed the presidents and we changed the Congress. And they went, no, no, you have to – you got to let them in. I mean, it happened almost instantly. Instantly. Well, of course it happened instantly because the way that we do – these things now is with presidential decrees instead of through laws, We, yeah. which was never supposed to be that way. The, the, these things that the president had was to was supposed to be to um, help us understand the law. They were supposed to write these things to, to show us this is how to interpret it. Yeah. This is how to apply it. We, they're our, represent, our, our representative. Um, so the president is supposed to be going, well, but the people, this is what the people need. Right. So I'm going to do this to um, better explain this law that we just I, I wasn't paying attention before Obama. It could be age, could be interest. But he was the first one that I remember hearing anything you wanted was done by an executive order and screw Congress. And they let it happen. Well, it was coming. There's a lot of executive know. orders the last five presidents. Um, I mean, it, I didn't you pay can see it before Obama. But yeah, but they 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 I never even heard of an executive order before Obama. Yeah. Um, but then when I went and looked and you saw, oh, the president's been using executive orders for years, but not like this. What they figured out was for my time in office and as long as someone who thinks the way I think gets in office after me, we can actually 
change law, right? We can we can decree things through executive order by defining so, supposedly how a law is supposed to be interpreted, which they've they've decided has nothing to do with the actual law. Um, some of these are. You so, go, what law so, is it that you're attaching this to? So liberals weren't setting up for a dictatorship with Obama? I think liberals, for the most part, would love a dictatorship because well, I do believe he's, that— He's, again, the one who started the, the main—again, the, you, even if you went and go look up, they, they have been executive orders before, yeah. but you didn't know, didn't really, did, wasn't on your radar until Obama, same with me. Trump did him too. Biden did him second he got in. Bushes, Clinton, everybody. It's almost like they do it to make sure their people stay in power, where they can have a dictatorship with with a new face every four years. Well, and I think that this years. comes to a, just a basic, um, what we conservatives believe is true about our liberal friends is that they believe, our feeling is that they believe they know better than everybody. Yes. And so- if and then they're therefore their leaders know better than all of us, even them. So, so our our uh, liberal friends believe that the liberal leaders know more than that our liberal friends do, and and um, and they they're more righteous and they know you know that we should be turning our kids over to them. This is why we put them in schools. Yeah. Should be turning our kids over to them, and they'll teach them the right way. Right, and then we should just listen to them because they they are the only ones with compassion. It's and like so, you know, I was thinking this the other day. The teachers' union is like in many America, and the and the students are the population. They're run by liberals. In my opinion, liberals do not care about the people. They uh, some made a point the other night talking about Biden. He's not served the Democratic people. He served the far left Democratic machine, the party. He's not. Right. He, he doesn't care about the people. But they all just serve the machine. But same with kids with teachers they care about the union the union cares about the teachers nobody cares about the kids so to me it's the exact same thing it's i feel there's more for the people done by by republicans than by democrats and case in point is is desantis in a sea of insanity this state is is light years ahead of everybody else as far as everything goes well i will go ahead no so my point is like they they're just um Damn, I'm blank. I'm getting older, man. I'm losing my oh, mind. Oh man, didn't you just but have a birthday? Happy I did. Birthday. So I happened. Thank you. One one year older, one less memory cell. <laughs> but uh, that's what happens. Sorry. Like they they look at it. Like I don't. They feed the machine. The people are no longer needed except for the votes. They're going to do what they want. To your point earlier, are you going to go to our schools? We're going to teach you what to do. We know what's best. You guys don't do anything. You just meander about. We'll handle how life is going to go, and. The people no longer matter, in my opinion, to a certain extent, or for the lack of a better term, no longer matter in America. The politicians feed the machine, again, I think more to the Democratic side than the Republican side. And when you look at kids, the teachers need the union, the union for the teachers. The kids are just there to keep the funding coming in from the government. And it has to change. Yeah. And well, with the union, I go follow the money. I mean, this is this this has been politics, though. um, In politics, you can do a lot of following the money. There's no question about it. Or but in politics, it's not just follow the money. It's how are you how are you keeping me in my office, which is another thing that has changed over the years is that um, these weren't supposed to be careers. Right. These were supposed to be people that. Um, volunteered essentially volunteered their time um, to go um, um, help the United States move along, right? To to keep us moving. Yeah. And it's become, I mean, Debbie Washerman Schultz. Did you see an ad for her anywhere? 
No. I didn't see one sign. Did she win? She won by a lot. Now, she won by less than she's ever won by. Um, uh, Spalding got uh, Carlos Spalding, um, who's run. This is the second time she's run. She's she got a lot more now. She got in the forty percentile now. Last time it was the twenties. Yeah, I didn't. And even that's know a close. She, as I didn't know she come. was running Washington. Show. I didn't see. One yeah, I don't know how thing. she does it. She just she she has somehow there's a a subset of people, and maybe that's where she spends all of her time. I live in Plantation. I'm in her district, and I didn't see one sign, one look one at, yard look sign, at, um, one. Anywhere. His acceptance speech the other day, DeSantis. Thank you, Miami Dade. Thank you, West Palm Beach. I saw a picture of the state right there at the bottom, and a sea of blue is this red dot. And I'm like, damn it, Broward, what's sea wrong with you? Sea of red with this sea blue red. dot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's three blue places Orlando, yeah. um, Jackson, Jacksonville, I think, Orlando. It was, yeah, it was around and, those areas. Yeah. And then right at the bottom. Cities. There's, and, there's and Broward. Broward, bright red. And I'm like. Blue. <laughs> bright blue. Bright blue. And God, I'm. Because I'm, you're going, I see the map in my head. And it's all red. Yeah, blue, blue. But even blue, that's blue. political. Do you know that at the beginning, um, Republicans were the blue and the Democrats were the red? See, thank you. Because I always thought. I have trouble yeah. remembering <laughs> it's red. Because I always remember being blue as a Republican. But it's, I could have been years ago. Yeah, it was many years ago. Or maybe. Like his, I don't know what it is, but I've always associated a blue Republican and red with Democrat. Yeah, and that's political because the then the the media who decided which was which, of course, um, leans and spins mainly the the mass media spins mainly left, and and they looked at it and some of the stations started going, no, we're not going to be red. Red's always the enemy. Yeah. You know, when you think about the enemy, it's he's he's red, he's Russia. That's he's, that's you what know. I was thinking. They're, they're right. the red is bad. Exactly, and so, so maybe the, it was my own personal thought then. No, that, this that is a this was a long time ago though. I think it was probably the '60s or '70s. Uh, I, I looked this up time. once. It must have been something I heard, or maybe a movie or something. But something got into my head where red Democrat, like it just it flows right, better because red. that that's the bad guy, and yeah. the bad guy was always in red. That's you know, so in the westerns, the bad guy always had the black hat on, right? Yeah. And the good guys had the white hat, but in the since so the Cold War, the bad guys were always red, the Red Army, um, and that we were coming against. Well, now we have to have the beige army or whatever because we're not oh, yeah. allowed to no black or white, no, no red. and we can't. So no yellow, every color is bad. But even that is political. So you see, even that. So that and and my I've always said that uh, Democrats are much better at politics than Republicans oh, are, hands down. And it's because I think the, one of the things that um, you said, and I believe is true, is that their focus is on the party and it's on a philosophy and yeah. it's on, and uh, Republicans focuses on the people and what's happening on the ground. Yeah. And, and I think that, um, unfortunately for us, the, the country keeps pulling left, pulling left, pulling left. And, and the beauty of Trump was that he didn't just straighten it out after being pulled left. He pulled it right. Right. Yeah. Which caused everybody to go into auto shake. And part of it was because of his vitriol, because of his, you know, um, ego and and all that. And the things the stuff that comes out of his mouth, you go, oh, my God, please stop talking. No, no, I want more uh, of it. No, I don't. I want him to stop. That's why I'm so happy with this election, if we want to segue that way. Yeah, because my next question, I put a meme out. I'd seen I'd seen a couple. I, I texted the old man. I was, I, I was watching Fox. And there was a guy from a Jewish Jewish representative or something. He was like, you know, the people I've spoken to, you know, the ones that were expecting a red wave, all this stuff. The P, Trump got all these people in, but now, okay, he got them in the primaries, but 
can't win elections. Do they do they want someone who's backed by Trump? Is Trump hurting the party? And I He's was hurting like, the party. I was like, nah, I don't, I don't buy that. But then when I started thinking, where where I tilted just a bit, I still think he needs to be there. I still think political stuff is secondary to his potential to expose the machine. To me, that is the most important thing that can be done. Okay. Presidentially, do I think if all that was done? If all that was, you know, blown up, so to speak, and we're the pieces being put back together, I see nobody better than DeSantis. His speech the other night when he won, how he presented it. Outstanding. I mean, I, I saw it. I did I, I immediately I went back, I recorded it, I put my phone to the TV, I sat there for eight minutes and recorded it, came in here, did a video about it. And if you don't see that this guy is a rock star, now not just yeah. a and I, I brought up Charlie Chris. He's like, come on, Ron, and during the debates. Tell me we'll be here to 2024. Tell them. Tell me you won't leave them after two years. And he's like, I'm putting you donkeys out the pasture. In the in the speech the other night, the crowd is chanting two more years, two more years. They don't want a four-year right. government. They want this guy in Washington. So I have mixed feelings about that. But I do think he made a great president. I think so as well. I just well. don't want to lose him. No, I'm with <laughs> you there. Florida. So like, does he take his lieutenant governor with him, or does that mm. person take over? I don't know. But that being said, so I'm thinking about the – Trump shot Ron Sanctimonious. And I'm thinking to myself, I've I've always seen it, but nothing is registered with me because I prefer the way he acts. I right. like it. But when you see someone who is there, if you're about the party, you see an quote unquote up up and comer, you back that person. You don't take a shot at them because there are the MAGA Republicans. I consider myself one. I will vote for him again if he's up there. No question about it. But to, to but to look at DeSantis and take a shot at the strongest guy, except for him, and if you do want to classify the MAGA Republican versus Republican, I think DeSantis goes on both sides. There are some well, people— Well, DeSantis proved something. First off, I think DeSantis won by such a big margin because we were saying thank you to him. And the people that were saying thank you to him weren't just the, the conservatives. It was the Pe- independents and it was independents and some of the uh, Democrats. The, you know, going to the gas pump, they're not checking your political card first. Which right. side are you on? Right. They paid they're five bucks going, for gas. That's it. I don't care yep. who you voted for. And he, he did, I think, a better job of um, pushing back. And I give Trump credit for showing him that you can push back, yeah. right? And But Trump, you know, he He's pushed— polished. He Trump's pu- not polished. Po- Trump is not a politician. No. And, and DeSantis is. DeSantis has proven that he is a very um, talented politician. And so he was able to go, hey, look, you don't have to— be so accommodating you can push back which is something we learned from trump yeah right and so i give trump that credit what's happening now is that trump wants to be president again yeah and and i don't want him to be president again and i i would like very much for him to continue to teach the politicians that are coming up how to not care what people say the media says and expose the truth yeah right because he exposed a lot um, but then in the media, I, you're able to watch the, you know, Trump would have a win. You'd look at it and go, wow, look at that. Look what Trump did. He stopped. There's no longer the, a million people on our border coming across. It's down to a trickle. It's manageable now. Yeah. Um, and he didn't even build the fence. What did he do? He got Mexico to stop him at their border, yeah. at their southern border. That's amazing. But he's going to open his mouth in a minute. Yeah. And the media will never have to report it. 
and because he's going to say something he, stupid. He's going to give him a soundbite. Yeah, he's going to say something stupid, and they're going to run with that for a week until the next, you know. And I, was, I was listening to this Matt Walsh and Joe Rogan thing yesterday, and they were talking about, and it's the first time it's ever dawned on me about the real, the true censorship of on Twitter and on social media. Trump was able to get to the people yeah. through Twitter not using the media. So this is, so apparently he was really going big before 2016. That. <laughs> and that's what I'm thinking to myself, yeah. holy crap, that's really what happened. Yeah. He was waking up people, inside, inciting people, getting people going because he knew the news was never going to back him up. Yeah. He's like, well, I don't need the news. I can go right I to the I don't need the news. And he did it. And that's what freaked him out about censorship. The, the media realized, holy crap, we're obsolete. Yeah. These people can get to these people without us interfering. Right. And when they said that, I was like, Oh my God! There's a life. Yep. I, I didn't. I mean, it was oh Trump's mean mean tweets. It wasn't about mean tweets. It no, was about his but his, his reach. Was, it was mean tweets. That's the problem. Well, that's his, what got it going. It, but his, well, no, it his deflected reach. the message. His message embedded in this insane talk, yeah, is a real message. Oh, and, I agree. And that's what we need to grab a hold of. We need we need Trump. To say what, well, but wait, because he's been on the other side. He's a billionaire, and he has seen. Yeah, he's been at the highest echelon of uh, of uh, public service. Very true, and so he's seen behind all the curtains. Yeah, right. Why they can't have him up there again? Well, so he's seen behind all the curtains, and he can tell us, and he's not afraid to tell us. And that's the biggest thing. That's why, to me, DeSantis probably polished politician probably the best candidate we have yeah. as a president on either side. And Trump needs to be behind him whispering in his ear. Trump, though, has DeSantis has something to lose. He's a politician. Trump is not. Right. And I, especially now with a limited four years, nothing more, my opinion is if he gets in, he can truly go scorched earth. He can he can bring a wrecking ball like no one's ever done before because he has not worried. He doesn't have to worry about re-election. Right. doesn't worry about anything else. He can go in there and run roughshod over all of it. And to me, right now, that is the most important thing we need to see how corrupt. We all know it's corrupt, but but I think Steve was saying a book he read or an article he saw, you don't know how deep Washington goes. Right. You have no idea. When you think you've you've reached it, just keep going because you've got miles to go, how bad it is. And I think Trump can show it. And I think he can show it in a way where the people who back them will have no choice but to accept it or truly be called an idiot because you are so the truth is right there. You cannot deny it because it's Trump. You can't use that excuse anymore. Here it is. Every single thing you ever thought is wrong. It's a lie. It's BS. I think he has the ability to do that. I, I and don't I think that's the most important thing. I think the thing. thing he does not have the ability to do now is to get elected. So I think he can be elected. I think the problem, and I, you know, I said I've been saying this for a while, is that he can get you through your primary, right? But the and look what happened all over the country. Um, um, the can't, I mean, even the Democrats publicly, um, said that they supported, spent $40 million supporting Republican candidates and every one of them, I think there was only three or four of them, but all of them were Trump candidates. All yeah. of them Trump was supporting and they, they understood something that I think I understand as well is that, is that, um, uh, Trump has this base and only the base votes in the primary. Yeah, and so he's got this worked up base, and, and I think the that's, rest that's, of a, that's what the point was. He's he's getting them elected, but he's getting them the people through the, primaries. the primaries. So when it comes time to elect the the people on the fringe, like I want a Republican candidate, but I don't want 
Trump. Right. So when someone so when the, the when someone says, you know, Carrie Lake is Trump in a dress, some, me included, hell yeah, that's what you want. Others are like, I don't know if I want that. I don't right. know if I want that recklessness up there. But I know? don't think people, I think people in general never th- saw that there was any um, reason to care about the primaries, right? For I think most people, even people who are engaged in politics to some degree, you know, I didn't make it to vote in the primary this year. Oh well, and and then, but then you're, you know, then then you're stuck with, here's your candidate. Yeah. You know, and and so now your choice is, don't vote at all, vote for the candidate who who's on your team but you don't really like. Yeah. Or vote the other side, right? And and when faced with that, most people who have a uh, a complete philosophy or uh, for politics is going to choose vote for this candidate that you don't really like or don't vote at all. They're not going to vote for the other side. That's what happened to me with the second the second um, election for uh, Trump was I didn't want him to be uh, my candidate again in the primary. No. I didn't vote for him, but when I was faced with um, Biden or Trump, <laughs> of course I'm going to vote Trump. I didn't have a choice. Yeah, <laughs> and when people ask me, well, you don't really like Trump, I'm like, that's true, but who's going to appoint uh, Supreme Court justices? Who's going to you know, turn this ship a little more to the right than it is right now? Who's going to keep moving down these paths um, with border security and everything else? Um, um, Ten minutes. Trump, but it's yeah. not going to happen on um, with Biden. So. so let's say we have 10 minutes left. We started before we got on air. <laughs> About let's get right to the conspiracy. Okay, now we can start the show. Yeah. So uh, that's good. So other than other than shadiness, what is the reason why can Pennsylvania and Arizona not get it together with their mail-in votes and their- well, that's what you mean. Why is it still taking so yeah, long to other, count other votes? Than, and- other than fraud no i listen there's certainly you're the one to ask because i yeah. know you don't think that no to i don't me, think there's, there's nothing, i think there's, there's fraud listen i when i say when i say oh stop it yeah. you know with uh two thousand meals okay i roll my eyes i put my head yeah. back up please stop is that do i believe that some people tried to stuff some people stuffed the ballots absolutely yeah um do do i believe that they were able to stuff enough to change the election no okay and can did can you do it to change city mayor you know county probably okay. because there aren't that many people voting you know there're tens of thousands in 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 cities that have millions of people there's tens of thousands that vote for mayor that vote for you know you may get Less than ten thousand that vote for some of these some of these offices. Yeah, you can do that. So I I listened to um, I listened to somebody who was explaining who did a great job. It, the uh, I think it's the um, supervisor of elections for Arizona. You think he did a great job of explaining what why it's taking so long? What takes so long in Arizona? Oh, he was the ex. Um, uh, the former attorney general of Arizona, okay. I think. I heard someone on a Tucker Carlson clip last night talking about, you know, we still have over 600,000 votes to go. We're not going to get done until maybe next week. Yep. And, and you know why? Because they mainly vote by mail or by um, um, – a ballot that you filled out and, and and you didn't take it to a polling station and, and hand it to mm-hmm. a person at the polling station who would then check your ID. 
Okay, so you have a signature on a page. Now that signature needs to be verified, and that's what takes so bloody long, is that a human has to take your thing before they open it and look at it and say it has two things, a signature and a date, and and that's ridiculous, the date one. And you look at the signature, and now they have to go into a computer system and say, are these signatures the same? And they have to make a judgment about it Mm -hmm. and go, yeah, okay, that's the same. Now, why isn't a computer doing it? Because the people of Arizona voted that a human has to do it. So we could do it with a computer that overlays them and goes, yeah, it's close enough. Overlays yeah. them, it's close enough. And we'd go through it like that. But no, we've there, they have the people voted that the law states that a human has to look at it. So you have a state where the majority of people vote by mail or by um, paper, not paper ballot, but by. Um, absent, uh, what am I looking absentee, for? Absentee, mail Not absentee, mail-in, a mail-in ballot, yeah. even though they don't mail necessarily mail it in. They drop it in a box or, or they whatever they do. But it has to be, by law, um, the signatures have to match. And then if, the per- if it's not signed or if the person, um, if the signature looks off, if the person judging it goes, eh, it's not the same, mm-hmm. they now have to call the voter. They got five days yeah. to take all of those ones and call the voter and say, did you vote and where did you vote and did you mail it in or did you put it in a box? Try to figure out, is this really the guy that did it, right? And why is your signature different? Can you come down and do a new one? You have five days, right? So the process is is insane and it's the people's fault. Um, okay. uh, Imagine then why the process is so bad. Why not fix it? And again, look, right. at, look at Florida. Done. The politics. De- the de- same again. You're it's right. Po- it's all politics. It, it, it is. If you didn't want to sow discord, if you didn't want to think that, if you didn't want to, I don't know how to how to say it. If one, if you don't, if, if you don't want to give look, the impression of impropriety, yeah, like, then there's doing? ways to do it. And Florida's again more. <laughs> right. A lot of mail-in ballots here. They're counted that. They're counted before. They the rush. But our rules are very different on how they get counted, and well, and that's my point. How I, I, I see why people want it federalized, but don't want it federalized. We're supposed to be fifty individual little countries. I ding, get it. Ding, 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 ding. So if you want it federalized, and who wants it federalized? The liberals do. The yeah, liberals you can't do. have that. So, so I get it. So if you want it federalized, you're you, you so have you're to. Saying, ma- so you're saying be bad on purpose. Yes. For the people to vote to have it federalized. Absolutely. Look and at you last in the election. Over there, man. And I'm no, proud this, of you. this isn't conspiracy. This but is. But some would say your strategy. Your purpose. Well, okay. <laughs> this is strategy. Strategy and conspiracy. All right. Fine and line. Yeah. There's right a there. fine line. So I'm with you there. It makes sense. If you want something done. Sometimes you got to force the issue. The yes. analogy I use all the time, if something breaks in my house, I, should I fix it or fix it? I cut the cord. I have no choice but to buy a new one. But I this, can't go back and forth. I got to get it done. On this side in Arizona, I think it's the conservatives that, that did this, right? Okay. And because and the reason is that, and I don't know why. I wish someone would do a study, but it, it appears by everything I've seen and read and, and the elections that um, um, liberals need it to be easy to vote. Yeah. Okay. It's already pretty darn easy. Yeah. You walk down to a place, you give them your driver's license, they hand you a ballot, yeah. you go vote. Okay? I've heard that too. If it's difficult, they'll just stay home. They'll stay home. They won't vote. And the and the Democrat Party understands that. So that everything they do under the guides of making sure everybody gets to vote, mm-hmm. what they mean is everybody that's a conservative that's a liberal because our party won't go vote 
Yeah. If it's hard, if it is raining on, if it's only one day to vote and it's raining, They're you're going to have a far higher turnout of of Republicans than you will of Democrats. And I don't get it. No. Um, I, I mean, mean, it's one day a year or one day every two every two to four years. On. You got to get wet. You got to take a drive, whatever it is. Listen, even, even if you want to do a week-long early voting to, to right, election I, day, you can erase the mail-ins in the ballot boxes. You can find a week out of two to four years yeah. to get one day, 20 minutes in, in that week's time. Yeah, and I think this election was a great election to show why early voting can't be too early. You can't have mail-in ballots a month before because your candidate might have a stroke. Yeah. You you can't no. have mail-in ballots two weeks before. We can't get be- to that today, but my God. Because because th- there are things that are going to happen that could possibly happen yeah. um, between now and then. And that that legitimately you would want to change your vote, right? You may not have still um, voted for the other candidate, but you would have the option to sit there and go, well, I can't put that guy up there. I'm just going to stay and pull my pull my yeah. thing out. But in any case, the what has what is what is abundantly clear in all of and you can look at every um, gerrymandering. Every well, not gerrymandering, but every um, everything that has to do with voting, and see who's screaming and hollering, and and if you can determine if they are uh, um, conservative or liberal, then you can, without knowing anything more, you're talking about voting mm-hmm. and voting rights or whatever, and you're talking. And I know that you're conservative or liberal. You can guess what they're what they're doing if it's conservative they're trying to narrow it and make it a a shorter time and in person and if it's liberal they're trying to expand it and make every way under the sun for you to vote Um, and they both have great arguments the conservative the um, uh, liberal is you know everybody who's an american ought to over the age of 18 ought to be able to vote and yes they should but it's you know, it's work to keep a democracy going. I agree. And we, the people, we, the people have to do the work, some of the work. I agree hundred percent. And, and, um, but now you can just, you can just look at them. You can, you don't even need to know. I don't even need to know what you're going to say next. I know you're conservative. I know you're talking about voting. You're talking about somehow narrowing the vote for, because you don't want there to be fraud. You don't want there, you know, people have to be patriotic and work for it. You don't, or if you're liberal, you want it. Uh, don't tell me anymore. You want um, um, voting boxes on every corner. You want people to just be able to vote by phone. Um, you want, oh my God. you Can want you everything uh, to be open because you're not worried about the security of it. You're worried about um, the repression of a minority somewhere that can't get out to vote. And I, and that's that, so frustrating. Right. And the answer is in the middle. We need to have some, you know, we don't need to vote on, you know, it doesn't need to be on Tuesday afternoon between the hours of one and three, you have to vote. That would be ridiculous. And we'd all agree on the same token. We, it can't be that whenever you decide who you think you want for the next president, if it's within the year of the, uh, the campaign, you can do your vote and not change it. Yeah. You can do your vote. Um, um, it can't be that either. So, so now we start narrowing it. It's like you guys finally started talking the abortion issue the way I can get behind it is to say, okay, what are we talking here? Let's draw this line. Where are we drawing that line? And we're only really talking about where does that line get drawn yeah. of where, it, when it's a human and when it's not. And, and to Steve's point, which I lean more that way is as soon as you have a, zy- a human zygote on a, a fertilized egg, you have a human. Mm-hmm.
right? Or a human potential. Oh my God, there's that alarm. Um, um, a human potential. But if you, on the other hand, um, no, it's inside the woman's body, so it's not a human until it's born. Okay, so we're really only talking in that 10-month period, yeah. and where do you draw the line? And my argument is, because you were going down this path before, is that um, um, liberals seem to not really have any faith in women. Um, and part yeah. of that is, you really don't have control over your body until you want an abortion. So you didn't have control oh, over a, your body. A, that's a great add to my list. Right. So they're telling you you have no control because they're telling you. Yeah, you had no control the over your body. The doctor can tell you what <laughs> it is. So it's still up to you, not and, up to you. And so few, um, I mean, the percentage of women that have abortions is not very big. And we're all screaming and hollering. And the percentage of women that need abortions to save their own lives is minuscule. Yet that is the argument. And the, yeah. uh, But, you know, I sit there. I, oh, I remember what I was going to say. Steve and I used to have a very liberal friend far 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 left and and um he and i were very good friends and and um we we would try to talk politics and we did a fairly good job about it because we cared more about our friendship than we did about winning the argument yeah and um he one day sat down and said to me well that's the end of women's health rights and i went stop are you telling me that women can no longer get pap smears I, I never heard that. Where was that? He goes, no, no, no. And I said, oh, oh. Choose they, your words better. Yes, choose your words better. <laughs> That's what gets me. Women's health care. It's not women's health care. It's not women's health care. This is if you made You can't again, go to the doctor anymore? My, we'll wrap it up here. But in my, you're, you're in the medical field. In my opinion, if you have to choose between the, the pregnant mother or the kid for life-saving, in my opinion, I'm not just a, I'm just a guy. It's not an abortion. It's a life-saving procedure to terminate right. a, a kid because of whatever reason. That's an abortion. If it's life or death, you have every sense to go do it. Maybe technically you've aborted a baby, but to me it's not an abortion. Right. So, it, but the the chance the the need for that is so small. But uh, more more what happens and it, and this is still very small is nowadays we can determine if there are great defects to the fetus while yeah. they're still in their mom. And so now you're turning to mom and dad and going, okay, you're going to have a baby. It's going to be alive. It's going to be beautiful, but it's going to be. Yeah. Brain damaged. It's going to have catastrophic yeah, um, physical to, issues. Yeah. It's going to have, and do do they then have a right to go? No, that's too much for us. We're you know we're we're going to abort that kid. And I'm I hate that debate because I have friends that have um, handicapped kids that I adore. Yeah, you know, and wonder how less my life would be. But I don't have to. I didn't have to grow up with them. I didn't have, have to, to raise them. Situation. I didn't have to spend the money yeah. and go through. Moms can't work because they're taking their kid constantly for for additional care, yeah. and you know that I, that wasn't. I didn't have to do that. I get to see them on Sundays at church or when I go over to their house. And it's like Instagram. You get to see the good stuff. You don't see the the twenty minutes it takes to right. take the picture, the screaming, the crying, the throwing. Exactly. You get the two second snapshot of ha. And then, so to me, yeah. that's the only debate. <laughs> to me, there's no you know uh, if you decide to get pregnant, if you decide 
to get pregnant, which means you had sex without any kind of contraception, yeah. which is the vast majority. Yes. Okay. If you I know, decide the, the to rape get, and the incest thing, if you I'm, when you had control of your body, yeah. you decided not to control yeah. your body, and you have regrets later. Oh man! No, you don't. That. That's you don't one. get to be. You don't get to now decide uh, to abort that child. You decide to create it. Then, listen, I'm with you. Yeah. All right, guys, episode 126. I've got personal stuff to do at home. Or I, we always keep Jeff on for two-plus hours. <laughs> we didn't but, get to spin the wheel. I, I, I no, almost well, wrecked my motorcycle the other day because of that stupid spinning I, Steve of the wheel. told me. He was like, <laughs> heard the noise. He's looking around. What's that noise? I'm going down the road. I hear, like, what did I hit? What did I hit? Well, listen, I have my mom. She's got some issues with her arm. She's home with the kids. So next, I'm going to try it within the next next Monday or Friday. I have a fourth microphone. I want to get you, Steve, and the old man in here and go for a couple hours and see what comes out yeah, of that. Because I have the fourth mic. We have the room. And he has the ability to leave the house in the morning because my mom's there, probably just for next week. So we'll try to get a schedule either Monday or actually any day. It'll be a, it'll be a special uh, recording. We'll try to schedule that. If you guys are all available, we'll talk about it. If not, that's the goal for the show is to get all four contributors in here at the same time. But this is 126. Wow, what a great number. That's a great number. 126. Are, that's a, a great number. Are you allowed to imitate Steve? Is that okay? <laughs> I'm doing this. is my Steve right. today. I don't know. That's is a great it allowed number. anymore? Peace. <laughs> We're done.